Hello. Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Pugnacious Pearson and Penelope. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winner was Coleman of Concord, California, with his answer of All Glory Be to Christ from the story Mary Mama Peters. Great job, Coleman! It's time now for this week's story, Pugnacious Pearson and Penelope. On the way home from church, Penelope and Pearson sat in the back of the car talking over the game they would play when they got home. They had received some new card games in their stockings at Christmas and had already begun learning how to play them, making each day since Christmas an adventurous one. Their conversation ended when Mama Peters interrupted their plans. First, Pearson and Penelope, I need you to change out of your church clothes when you get home and put your Bibles away. And second, I need your help getting the girls to bed so that I can get supper ready. Of course, Mama Peters, they both answered, practically in unison. After arriving home, Penelope walked upstairs into their bedroom with Patience and Priscilla, where she changed out of her gray sweater dress and meticulously hung it up in the closet. She put on her black sweatpants and pink shirt that said Happy Camper, and after she had put on her brown moccasin slippers, which her grandparents had gotten her for Christmas, she turned her attention to the twins, who had been watching her with fascination, admiring their older sister. Okay, ladies, it's your turn. Putting on your Sunday comfies is just the best. So let's get you out of your tights and dresses and into your sweats and new slippers too. Penelope lovingly helped Patience get out of her red and black plaid dress and then removed Priscilla's navy blue pocket dress. As she hung the girls' dresses up, Penelope remarked about how pretty the dresses were. Okay, girls, now let's put on your purple and pink sweats and your shirts. You ladies have to take a nap, and you're going to be so cozy in your Sunday comfies. Penelope had a way of making even nap time sound inviting. Okay, Nellie, the girls answered in their toddler speech. Barely had Penelope laid them down and walked out of the room before she heard their breathing begin to slow and grow heavier. She turned back to peek at them and sighed affectionately. (sighs) As she glanced at their plump figures already asleep on their beds, what a blessing they were to the Peters family. Meanwhile, Pearson was in his room changing out of his church clothes. He wasn't nearly as neat as Penelope, and after throwing his collared shirt and black pants on the floor and rifling through his drawer looking for his new sweats, he plopped on the bed and began pulling on his Sunday comfies. After he was dressed, he began to run out of the room until he sensed the Holy Spirit stopping him mid-step, recognizing the quiet prodding in his own mind to pick up his things. He knew that's what Mama Peters wanted, and Ephesians 6 one rang in his ears. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3.23 also came to mind, and whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. So, reluctantly but dutifully, he turned around, rolled up his clothes, and put them all back in the drawer as neatly as a nearly 11-year-old boy knew how. He pushed hard on the clothes to make them fit in the drawer and shoved the drawer closed, making certain to fingertip down any errant fabric sticking out of the drawer. Satisfied with his attempt to do the right thing, He tossed his shoes unceremoniously into a shoe basket, then retraced his steps and walked downstairs with Penelope, 
who was coming out of her room almost simultaneously. Upon their entrance into the kitchen, Mama Peters, who was at the sink, turned to face them as she dried her hands on her apron. Did Patience and Priscilla go down nicely, Pen? Oh, yes, Mama Peters. They are just the cutest in the whole wide world. They're getting so much better at talking, and they were chatting away with me. Before I put Priscilla down for her nap, she asked me if the communion juice was blood. She's so smart. Oh, Pen, isn't that sweet? I'm so thankful that she's been listening to Pastor Felstow. He always explains that the communion represents Jesus' body and blood. I'm so glad that she's making that connection. She obviously picked up on that. I know, Mama Peters. And when I told her it wasn't actual blood, Patience asked why she couldn't drink the grape juice then. And what did you say, Pen? Well, I told them that they have to repent of their sins and believe in Christ and live a new life. And I also told her that you need to be sorry enough about your sins to hate them and abandon them. And they both nodded like they understood. It was so adorable. Oh, Pen, that's so sweet. May the Lord soften their hearts so that they'll be saved. And did you put away everyone's clothes, Pen? Mama Peters really knew the answer before she even asked, because she was well aware of Penelope's penchant for tidiness. Yes, Mama Peters, they're hanging up in the closet. Oh, good. Thank you, Nellie. And Pearson, did you put away your clothes? Well, I almost didn't, Mama Peters. Then I remembered that I'm supposed to put the clothes away, because you always tell me to. And are they folded nice and neat, or are they shoved in the drawer? Mama Peters asked. Well, I rolled them as nice as I could, but I had to shove a little because the drawers are too small. Oh, boy. Well, thanks for trying. Mama Peters was genuine in her gratitude. You're welcome, Mama Peters. What's cooking? Pearson queried as he sniffed the air. (laughs) Oh, that's spaghetti sauce that's been simmering away. I'm making bread right now to go with it. We may have company tonight, but you guys can go and play your games. Afterward, though, I'd like you to cut up veggies for a salad. Okay, Mama Peters, sure, Penelope responded as she and Pearson dashed to the living room where they grabbed their games and began playing. Okay, let's play Rat-a-Tat-Cat, Penelope said as she dealt the cards. That sounds like a good one, Pen. Let's go. Pearson was equally excited to play. As they laid out their cards and began the game, nearly immediately, Penelope spotted a jack and yelled, Peek! Penelope, did you see that before? No, Pearson, I didn't. Why would you ask me that? Penelope was bewildered by the question. Well, I just feel like you checked your cards again, Pearson said in a huff. No, I did not, Pearson. Anger began to well up in Penelope as she bit off her words. Penelope, you've been cheating. Or at least I think you have been. Pearson? No, I have not been. Well, whatever. Fine. Just, just keep playing. Pearson sputtered, unconvinced of Penelope's integrity. You don't have to be so mad, Pearson, Penelope retorted. Well, you don't have to cheat either, Pearson snapped. Pearson, for the last time, I am not cheating. Penelope had had it. That's fine, Pen. You just keep right on cheating. Let's keep the game going. Pearson's tone was one of condescension. The game continued in a stony silence. Pearson and Penelope both glowered over their cards, exchanging as few words as possible, averting their eyes to keep from looking at one another. Before long, Mama Peters yelled out, Nellie, Pierce, would you grab the girls? It must have been a short nap. I can hear them playing in their room. 
And I don't want Daddy Peters to wake up from his nap yet. He's been exhausted. Pearson and Penelope both ran upstairs and began tending to the girls. They still were unwilling to talk or even to look at each other. Penelope helped the girls go to the bathroom and then asked, Okay, girls, you want to go downstairs? Yes, they both shouted and ran to the door. But they were toddlers and fairly uncoordinated. And given that all toddlers run at a breakneck pace, they both barreled into one another as they tried to squeeze through the opening of the door at once. Ouch, Scylla! Patience shouted in anger. Ouch, ouch, ouch! You're mean! Priscilla shouted back. No, I'm not! You are! Patience wasn't about to let Priscilla get by with that. Well, you're, 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 you're mean and wooed! Priscilla was near tears. Neither one of the girls was giving an inch. The shouting match was growing in volume before Pearson stepped in and began to attempt to calm Priscilla down. Now, Priscilla, it was an accident. Patience didn't mean to run into you and hurt you. And Patience, you need to be kind. It was just an accident. Penelope also spoke up, trying to help. That's right, Pearson joined in. No one meant to hurt you. You need to do unto others as you want them to do to you. Pearson calmly exhorted. Of course, the irony of Pearson's and Penelope's words was stark. They didn't recognize that their words also applied to their card game and their actions toward one another. Both of the twins, who had been listening intently to their older brother and sister, responded gently to the correction. Okay, Pierce. Okay, Nellie. They both answered happily. I think you should talk to one another and ask forgiveness and talk to God, too. Want to pray? Penelope asked. The girls nodded, and they all prayed that they would be kind to one another and forgiving, just as Ephesians 4.32 directs. Can you hug one another? Pearson asked when they had finished praying. The girls happily threw their arms around each other and kissed each other's ample cheeks. I love you, Patience. I love you, Scylla. After they'd exchanged the sweet reminders of love, Priscilla and Patience followed Penelope and Pearson downstairs to watch them continue their game of rat-attack-cat. And without missing a beat, Pearson and Penelope went right back to their silent treatment as they continued to play the card game in anger before the end of the round when they had to count up their points. Pearson once again accused Penelope of cheating. You're cheating! I know you peaked, Penelope, and you're not supposed to peek, he angrily asserted. I didn't cheat, and just because you're losing doesn't mean you accuse me of cheating, Penelope vociferously stated. It's not because I'm losing, Pen. It's because you're cheating, and you always cheat, Pearson shouted. The yelling brought Daddy Peters into the room, who was rubbing his eyes. What's going on with you two? Daddy Peters, Penelope is a cheater. Pearson's teeth were clenched as he spoke. No, I'm not. Okay, I used to cheat, but I don't cheat anymore. And I hate that Pearson calls me a cheater. I'm sick of it. Penelope shrieked. Whoa, we are going to continue this discussion, but you are both going to lower your decibels. Daddy Peters was stern. Now, Pearson, do you have any proof that Penelope cheated? Well, well, uh, not exactly, except she spotted the jack almost as soon as I dealt the cards out. Well, couldn't she just have a quick eye? Daddy Peters wanted to know. I, 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 I guess, Pearson answered grudgingly. And if you think that someone might have cheated, isn't it better to ask in kindness for information before accusing that person? Does anyone like to be accused? 
Daddy Peters asked. No, Daddy Peters, I I guess not, Pearson replied. Then Daddy Peters turned to Penelope. Pen, do you think that shouting back at Pearson is helpful? No, it's not, Daddy Peters. Penelope was chagrined. What would have been the better thing to do? Penelope took a moment to deliberate, then slowly answered, I guess to give a gentle answer, as Mama Peters always tells us to do. That is absolutely correct, Pen. Daddy Peters began addressing both Pearson and Penelope. Remember that Proverbs 15 tells us that a harsh word stirs up anger, but a gentle answer turns away wrath. Pearson, you were harsh, but then Penelope, so were you. Proverbs also tells us that sweetness of speech increases persuasion. Neither one of you was being sweet. But the problem is even bigger than that. Since Christmas, and since you received so many gifts and so many games, there's been an observable uptick in your arguments. You've not been walking in humility toward the other. James 4.1 asks the question, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? that your passions are at war among you? In other words, the passions and desires of your heart dictate your actions, and you both have the same passion, but they're opposite of one another. You both want to win, and you both want to be right. And since Christmas, a pattern has been developing. Instead, though, you need to have one another's interests in mind, and not only your own interests. Remember this. It is always, and I mean always, better to be wronged or falsely accused or mistreated, according to 1 Corinthians 6-7, than to press for your own way. Pearson, if you thought Penelope was truly cheating, your approach should have been that you ask her kindly. And Penelope, you do not need to return insult for insult. Absorb the injury, practice long-suffering, and walk in humility. You need to value unity so highly that you're willing to put aside justice for yourselves because God will avenge you. God will reward you. Moreover, you must remember that the twins are watching you and you want to be a good example. It is crucial that they see a brother and sister who will humble themselves in order that the Lord would be exalted in their disputes. I'm reminded of the fourth stanza of the old hymn we sang in church this morning. Brethren, we have met to worship, and it implores Christians to love our God supremely. And then it says, and let us love each other too. After Daddy Peters finished, Penelope and Pearson didn't quite know what to say, so stood in silence, mulling over what Daddy Peters had just said. Pearson finally broke the silence. I'm sorry, Daddy Peters, for fighting with Penelope. Well, Pierce, I appreciate that. But who else should you be talking to? Daddy Peters asked. I should be talking to the Lord and to Penelope, Pearson answered. It might be a good idea to pray first, Daddy Peter suggested. And that's what they did. After praying together, Pearson turned to Penelope and asked forgiveness. Penelope did the same. Okay, now hug, Patience said, who alongside Priscilla had been watching the whole thing, turning heads back and forth as though they'd been watching a tennis match. Pearson and Penelope hugged each other and then turned to the twins, who wrapped their arms around Penelope and Pearson, making it a group hug. After they'd finished embracing, Penelope turned toward the twins. Patience, Priscilla, please forgive me for arguing with Pearson. I was wrong, and I didn't set a good example for you. 
And that goes ditto for me, Pearson said. I too was wrong. Would you forgive me? The twins immediately answered, We forgive you. And just like that, peace and harmony was restored. And the Peters' home was once again just as their wall decal described. A Christian home is where every member sacrifices for the other to the glory of God alone. This is Grandmom's Corner. On January 1st, we celebrated a sweet event in our family. Our youngest daughter, Lydia, who has been on Grandmom's Corner in the past, gave birth to her second baby, another girl, who weighed in at 10 pounds, 10 ounces. We are overjoyed and thankful for another grandbaby. And we are praying, as we pray for all of our grandkids, that God will draw her heart to Jesus at an early age. We are so thankful that our grandkids are being raised in the things of God and are learning scripture, the catechism, and are brought to church and Sunday school regularly. As parents, we are thankful the Lord continues to work in our kids' hearts. Sometimes, raising kids can be very difficult because they don't respond to our teaching in the way that we'd like them to. But as parents, we must continue to pray that God will work in their hearts. In this week's story, Priscilla asked Penelope if the communion juice was blood, as our four-year-old grandson recently asked his dad after we'd taken communion in church. Though sometimes we may wonder if our kids can understand what's being taught in the service, but we can deduce, as evidenced by their questions, that they are most assuredly getting something from the teaching. And that is because the Spirit is the one who opens eyes and hearts. Several months ago, my granddaughter Mercy, who will be two later this month, and was an early talker and continues to be very verbal, was sitting in the church service with her parents. The pastor, who was going through the book of Jonah, expounded on God's kindness and mercy to the city of Nineveh. He spoke about how wicked the Ninevites were, but that God had sent Jonah to preach to them the message of salvation. The pastor concluded by saying, that's mercy, to which my granddaughter shouted out, that's me. Decades ago, our youngest son, who is now an adult, became quite concerned that our dogs Hank and Little Bear weren't Christians. At the time, he was just a small tyke, and though dogs can't be redeemed, my son understood what salvation meant. These kinds of exchanges with our kids helps us remember that they're always listening and that the Word of God won't return empty, but will accomplish the purposes of God, as it says in Isaiah 55:11. And finally, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3:15 that from a child you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So parents, don't give up. Keep preaching the gospel to yourself and to your kids. May God bless your efforts to stand firm in a world that is diametrically opposed to the message of the cross. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.